It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my freedom-loving friends. That is right, the freedom to become who God created us to become. When we get the hell out of our life, our life explodes with dreams, with hope, with optimism. Let me ask you, what is stopping you from living your dreams to have joy, to have peace? Is it that you just don't have the right connections? You don't have the right education? Maybe you've never been given the opportunity to show your potential? Well, the truth is, it's none of those things. You are equipped with everything you need to reach your God-given potential. And right after I visit with my guest, Tommy, I am going to cover the five lies that we tell ourselves daily, and I'm going to put some freedom in your heart to get the hell out of your life and let you become everything that God created you to become. But first, you're going to hear a story that is going to remind you that it doesn't matter what we have done in life. It doesn't matter where we have been. God is a God of redemption. He can take the bad and turn it to good. You will hear that today as Tommy Letson shares his story. Tommy, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm blessed and highly favored in spite of myself. It just beats all I've ever seen. Amen. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, so before you tell your story, is God good? He is gooder than good. He's <laughs> he, he, gooder he's than good. all I've ever seen. Well, before you knew God was good, you were you were running with the devil. You were in his playground. You were in his toy box. You were all over the place. Tell the listeners a little bit about who Tommy Letson was. Well, I have to use that word was in there because I'm no longer. And it's not by anything that I've done. It's all that he did in my life. I started doing drugs and drinking alcohol when I was 13 years old. I started at that time uh, looking for something. I was trying to feel something inside of me just to change the way I thought. I would be mad at my mom and I'd be mad with my dad. And my dad and mom had got that divorce when I, my sister and I were real young. So I started looking for other things. I ran around with a lot of people that were a lot older than myself because I was always pretty large for my age as far as height goes. And so I just kind of fell in with, with the wrong crowd. We would camp out at night when we was kids, and we would go to the bootleggers and we'd get stuff to drink, and then pot came into my life. And uh, you couldn't really smell it on my breath and stuff. And so I went to using marijuana at that time. Well, then as as I got older, I got into some people down in, my dad lived in South Florida. My mother lived in Conyers, Georgia. And uh, I would get mad at my mom and go live with my dad. So when I went to South Florida, I just followed the same kind of people that I was following up in Georgia. And it was kind of like on steroids. Uh, that's where all the, the stuff was coming from. And I met a lot of uh, important people down there that were uh, bringing stuff in and around. So I just fell right in with it. It humbles me today that I'm not that person anymore, that God had transformed me. I was 60 years old when I found this man called Jesus. Jesus spoke to me 
in a club in South Beach, Miami. We had just done one of the largest dope deals that I had ever been a part of, and everything went real smooth. The drivers were on time. The money was right. The weight was a little over. Everything went so perfect that I thought it was a bust, but it wasn't. So after it was all went went done and, and done, we went to this club. A buddy of mine had a club there, and we were doing drugs and stuff right off the table. Now, I had heard of God, but I wanted no part of him because I, I was running from him and didn't even realize it until I really met the real Jesus. The God that I knew was sitting up on a cloud with a spear and was waiting for me to mess up and hit, and then bam, he was, you know, he was going to take me out. That's what I thought it was, but it really wasn't. When we was doing the drugs and stuff and, al- and the alcohol in this club, band was playing, the music was blasting, everybody was coming by the table, and I was everybody's friend because I had the dope on the table. And I heard this voice. I really call it a hum. I can't really say it was a voice, but it was, it was a voice. It was, you know, words. I, I never experienced anything like it. And I heard it, and it said, I love you. And when I heard that, I just, I, I just started like, what, what, what was that? And so the two girls that I was with at the table with me at that time, I said, did you hear that? And so they were laughing and drinking and, and doing the things that you do in a club. And they said, how can you hear anything in here with all this commotion, the band playing lights, flashing people, dancing, hooping and hollering? And I said, ah. So I done me another line of cocaine and done me another shot of snops. And a few minutes later, ever how long it was between that time, I heard that voice again. And it said, I love you. That hum just, I, just like, and I didn't say a word. I just kind of pushed back from the table. And Jen said to me, she said, Tommy, are you okay? Are you all right? Your whole composure is changing. And I said, did you, you didn't hear that. She said, Tommy, are you hearing voices? She said, it might be a word from the Lord. And God forgive me for this. But I said, I am the Lord. I need nobody else. God is for weak people. He don't exist. It's not real. She said, Tommy, slow down. You, 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 you've done enough. So I'd done another line of cocaine and done another shot of snops. And um, a few minutes after that, ever how long it was from the other two times that I had heard that voice, I heard that voice again. And that voice, small, still, just, it was louder than anything in there, but softer. So I, I couldn't understand it. And it said, I love you again. And so she looked at me and she said, Tommy, you hold composure. You're scaring me. And I said, okay, God, if this is a word from the Lord, let me know how I hear your voice and all this calamity. And that same voice that those other three times, counting that time, said, Joseph, my name is Joseph Thomas. He said, Joseph, when you hear the world, you hear the world from the outside in through your ears. When I speak to you, you hear me with your heart from the inside out. I said, oh, my God, this dude is real. What am I going to do now? Now I'm going to be held accountable for all this stuff that I've been doing. And I knew it. I just knew it. I could tell it in the inner fiber of myself. And and Jen said, Tommy, Tommy, said, she said, y'all come over here and help me. get. we got to get him out of here. Something's happening to him. Look at him. <laughs> so you're and part, so you, I you're, ran. You're, <laughs> you ran. You ran from God. Your party was about to change. And, uh, it was. And I did. I was on steroids from then on after. 
I mean, I was, uh, I had been to jail several times during this voyage up to this point in my life and been to prison a couple of times. But when I got on these steroids and, and just started just going sure enough crazy. Tommy, when you say steroids, what do you mean? Real steroids? You were taking steroids? No, real. I mean, I was just wide open like I was on steroids because I I went I went into more sin than I had ever been in my life. And, and, and I knew I was running from God. And I figured I could if I could put enough dope, enough alcohol, and enough women in my in that hose, whatever was missing inside of me, that I was trying to fill it with all this stuff. And so I went at it doing more dope than I'd ever done, wow. drinking more than I'd ever drank, more women than I'd ever had, because I was everybody's friend because I had the dope. What did you go to prison for for the lo- the one where you got the life sentence with twenty five years added to it? I got that sentence because I had multiple trafficking charges and smuggling charges that I had. Uh, I was buying and selling drugs and uh, just doing all kinds of stuff. Well, they told me if I pled guilty that they would give me a life sentence. They said if I pled not guilty, they was going to give me life in 25. So what's the difference? You know, so I went to a jury trial. I got found guilty. I was guilty. And I went to prison. And when I got to prison, I just was doing the same thing in prison that I was doing on the streets, pretty much. But it was just a different uh, situations and stuff. I got in there, and Georgia prison system, then they stopped you from smoking. You couldn't smoke cigarettes in there anymore. And so you could make more money selling tobacco than you could drugs, really, you know, because old people in there with life sentences and stuff, which I was in all level five camps. It uh, all they had to do was drink coffee and smoke cigarettes. That's what they lived for. So I just fell into that. Well, I had got in trouble for selling tobacco and stuff and fighting, and I had got put into to the hole. I was in the hole, and a guy had got locked up that was selling the tobacco for me in the prison. And so I was mad at him. He they put him in the cell next to me, and I was fussing at him. And so I drawed back and I kicked the Bible. And when I kicked the Bible, it hit the wall and it opened up. And I was using the pages of the Bible to roll up cigarettes. God forgive me. And, <laughs> and wait, wait just a minute. I'm going to get this. I, I get this straight. You were taking the pages of the Bible and using yes. that as rolling paper. And so you were smoking the word of God. <laughs> I was smoking the word of God in a literal sense. But I, and, and this is what's so amazing about this. I call this my transitional scripture because this is where my walk with the Lord really started. When I kicked that Bible and it went to the wall and it bounced back and it opened up to the book of Romans, Romans 8, 18, and it's King James Version and King and the King James Version, uh, Romans 8, 18. And I, I just looked at the book and it was like it just opened up and the pages flipped like it just, you know, something moved it. And I, when I looked down, the first thing that I saw was Romans 8 and then Romans 8, 18. And it said, for I reckon. And that word reckon just blew off the page like panoramic, like sitting in a theater, like reckon. And I was like, what in the world? And I rubbed my eyes and I, I looked at it again and it said, for I reckon. And the word reckon just blew off the page again. I said, oh, Lord, I'm having flashbacks. I'm losing my mind. You know, I'm going crazy. What is going on? And so it threw me like into a self inventory of my life. And I remembered that that word reckon 
my mother, like I said, my mom and daddy got a divorce early in my in my life and stuff. And so my grandmother did most of the raising, you know, when I was at home uh, in Conyers, Georgia. And all of a sudden, when I, that word reckon, I remember when I was a small, small child, she'd say, I reckon you better get in this yard, boy. Or I reckon you better clean your room. Or I reckon you better go cut me a switch, in which I heard a lot of that back in my <laughs> younger days. <laughs> so that <laughs> you know? word reckon brought something to you, and you felt exactly. God, that God was, yes. he was coming. So th- was this the point then you finally surrendered to God? That's when I started surrendering. The scripture says, for I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Wow. And I thought, oh, my goodness. You know, and and I spoke this now. I said, oh, my goodness. I'm speaking this out loud in, in the hole. And I said, what if I called my grandmother, Mama Jack, and uh uh, friends called her Jack, and her real name was Nettie, Nettie Young, but uh, they called her Jack. So I called her Mama Jack. I said, what if Mama Jack knew all the horrible things that I have done and where I was at? Wow. And that same voice that I heard way back then in South Florida, sitting in that club that I was running from, said she does. Wow. So here you and are. That, and, and and Tommy, that was what, six years ago, seven years ago? It was. Yes. Yes. And you yes. are now you are uh, we were running short on time. So we want to tell listeners right now, tell listeners what's life been like for you now that you are free and you are living your destiny. What's your life like? Everything that was upside down is right side up. I thought everything that was upside down was right then. But then once the Lord came into my life, when I got out of prison, I went straight back into that same lifestyle. The last two years that I was in prison, I got a reduced sentence. They lowered it down to 60, and I got to make parole. They turned around, and my mother died. My daddy died. An uncle who was just like my daddy died. My sister, uh, half-sister Susan, overdosed and died. And my wife got killed coming to see me in prison on visitation day. So a drunk driver hit her head on and killed her. And so when I got out of prison, I had nothing. I had nobody. I didn't know what to do. This God thing was in me. I was feeling peace, and I was wanting to search him out. But I got out and started doing the same thing again. And then all of a sudden, I call it a ping, a light come on or something. And I said, I'm on parole for the rest of my life now. If I get caught, and I will get caught eventually, then I'm going to spend the rest of my life without the possibility of parole if I ever go back to prison for this stuff again. So I went into a place called Seven Springs Ministry, which was a rehab here. And I got banned from the state of Georgia. And one of the conditions of my parole was that I would leave the state of Georgia and not return, which all that's been redone now. I can go back there now. Believe it or not, God. Praise Jesus for that. Turned around and went in there, and it was a year program. So I went through the year program. I graduated. They asked me to stay on staff, I st- and I became staff, stayed there for a couple of years after that, and then left there and went with a company called Self Recovery, picking people up and carrying them uh, to detox. And when I would get, we would carry them there to detox five to nine days, and if they wanted to go into aftercare, we would help them get into aftercare. I did that for a year. 
And then uh, now I'm at a place called Our Father's Arms, Bob McLeod's place here in Jacksonville, Alabama, and working with recovering addicts. Is there redemption there for anyone that has done bad things in their life? Does God, can God still use them? God can use them. In Revelations 12 and 11, it says, by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony is how they Amen. overcome. It takes the broken to lead the broken to confound the wise. Been there, done that, got a t-shirt. God is real. <laughs> God is love. Our mess can become a message for God if we allow him to mold us and shape us into the person he created us to be. Um, Amen. Amen. You know, Tommy, I don't think uh, I, I I just have believed this my whole life um, that until you really understand why you were born and what your purpose is, that you can really truly have that peace and the joy of happiness. I always say that there are two important dates in our life is one, the day we were born. And the second, the day we know why we were born. And wow. um, only God can reveal why we were born. All these self-help books and and motivational speakers. Now they can make <laughs> us, you know, they can make us feel good for a day, for oh, a, yeah. a week, but they still don't fill that little void in our life, do they? No, they don't. They don't. I was born on November the twenty seventh, which is Thanksgiving Day, and it was Thanksgiving Day when I was born. And my mom used to say that, uh, that uh, bless her heart, before she passed, she said, you was born on Thanksgiving Day for a reason. She said, but it only comes, it only, the 27th, I think it's every seven years is, is it comes back to uh, on the 27th. Again, it's different days. It's last Thursday in the month, ever how that works. But uh, she used to tell me, she said, you're going to do something that that's going to be, going to transform the way that you even think life's about. And I never could understand that. And the only way that I'm starting to get a glimpse of it is not trying to do anything is to let not make. And when I let him lead guide and direct my life, it's not me making it, it's him making it. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to get a glimpse of letting not make. Bob McLeod used to say that all the time. He'd say, beloved, let not make. We don't have a gavel in our hands. We can't have a gavel. We have to love people. And most people that's going through addiction and, and, and different kinds of sins and stuff is because they just don't know they're loved. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that, um, so many people are looking for they're looking for love in all the wrong places oh like that old song goes yeah you know let me tell you something about that old song it has a connection right here to the, to, the, to, to the mississippi gulf coast wanda millette i know wanda she wrote yeah. that song looking for mm -hmm. love in all the wrong places and that's what people will do you're right that will preach won't it it will people think that they look for love as a feel good. It, it, it's got to feel. Sometimes love hurts, oh. but you know what? It's still life in that love. The only true life is in love, and the process that you're going. As long as you can remember that you're loved, and and that there is a God that loves you enough to let to go with you 
through the mess that you're going through that you've made for your life, there is a light at the end of that tunnel, and that's Jesus Christ. One last thing before I let you go. How do you get the hell out of your life? How do you get the hell out of your life? You trust in him. You read your words. And you let him love the hell right out of you. (laughs) So well put. Tommy Letson, thank you for taking some time and sharing your story with us today. God bless your brother. I appreciate y'all so much. I'm humbled at the opportunity to share my story. When I return, the five lies we tell ourselves daily. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. Did you know what Ron did before he discovered his destiny? He was a promoter of secular entertainment, and by his own admission, he promoted anything he could make a buck at. At the pinnacle of his success, he walked away from it all so he could follow Jesus and discover his God-given destiny. That was over 20 years ago, and he has never looked back. Today, he's an inspirational speaker on a mission to empower individuals just like you to discover their God-given destiny. Ron put his story in a novel entitled The Promoter, and he wants to give you a copy. My story is proof positive that God's plan for you and I is greater than all of our mistakes. Here's what a few readers have said. I could not put it down. I cried, giggled, gasped, and laughed out loud. Ron has written a novel and self-help book all in one. The best book I've read in a long time. This book is a message of hope. To request your free copy of Ron's novel, The Promoter, visit our website at thepromoter.org and go to the contact page. Now, back to Ron. Welcome back, listeners. I'm Ron Myers. The show is called Get the Hell Out of Your Life, where my goal is to inspire you to become everything God created you to become, because isn't it all about living is to live our dreams and our hopes and our aspirations? You know, growing up, I was told a lot of lies. Uh, It's in my book, The Promoter, and uh, I was told that, you know, I didn't have talent, I was no good, and I would never amount to anything. And sometimes, friends, if we listen to the lies of the world and the enemies that are against us, it can stun our growth. We never become who God created us to become. So today I want to share five lies that were very much a part of my life. Lie number one, you don't have enough talent to succeed. How many times have you heard that? Well, that's the first lie we tell ourselves is that we lack talent or the skill to be successful. But ask yourself, what is the threshold for talented enough? There isn't one. God has given you the ability to harness your talents, skills, and abilities so you can reach your God-given potential through him. The book of James says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Friends, our talents, gifts, and abilities are from God. He has given them to us. But it is up to us to use them. Lie number two, they have something that I don't. You know, often we get caught up in the idea that the only reason other people have succeeded and we haven't is because they have obtained something that we are lacking. Maybe they know some secret trick to climb the ladder of achievement quicker than us. Wrong. The only difference between you and them is that they 
are already harnessing the gifts God has given them. So let God guide you in the right direction. Lie number three, you have to be picked to be successful. Let me ask you this, who must pick you? We can't sit around and wait for someone to choose us to be great. We must go out. We must strive for greatness. We must stand up and stand tall and decide to become everything God created us to become and chase opportunities instead of waiting for them to fall in your lap. Friends, you have been chosen by God. Who else could be better to have at your side than God? So don't wait. Act. You have the skills, talents, and ability. You just need the drive. Lie number four, you have to be fearless. Well, that's not true. Everyone is afraid of something. No one is fearless. Often we get into the habit of assuming that people who are successful are not afraid of failure. Well, I've got news. They are. The important thing to know is who to turn to when you are afraid. The book of Isaiah tells us, For I am the Lord your God who takes a hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Do not be afraid. For I myself will help you, declares the Lord. Friends, what a promise that is, that we can turn to God in the face of fear and the unknown because he has promised us that he will be there for us 24-7. Lie number five, you have to wait until the time is right. Well, I'm telling you, the time is now. Your time is now. This is the greatest time to seek the promises of God because he's looking for someone that will stand up and be who they were created to become. We are not promised a tomorrow, so don't wait for the opportunity to pass you by. If it is in God's will, then your efforts will be fruitful and you will achieve your God-given potential. You know, those five lies were very much a part of my early life, and it took a lot to get over them because after a while, you believe a lie and you become paralyzed and don't do the things that God has called us to do. But today is your day, my friend. You have everything you need in life to be successful. All you need to do is trust God, believe that he has blessed you with the knowledge and the talents required to overcome every obstacle through him. Only then will you truly achieve God's plan for your life. Now, next week, make sure you tune in because I'm going to talk about the five truths we can use to combat the lies that we tell ourselves. I want to remind you that my website, thepromoter.org, has some inspiration on there. Send me a note. And do you have a story that you would like to share? What's God done in your life? Maybe it's time for you to share your story with the world. Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you, I love you, God loves you, and it's time for you to get the hell out of your life and keep the hell out of your life. This is your time. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. 
And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.